I was just like, are they gonna fuck? <laughs> and then I just imagine you watching it, and then she starts like getting close to him and all that weird stuff, and you're like, man, this is weird, but I like it. <laughs> just have the weirdest moment right now. <laughs> what is happening to me? <laughs> What's up, Real Critics? It's Jose here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. If you're just tuning in here at EARC, John and I take a look at movies that have divided critics and audiences. We'll give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movies, we'll break down some of the critic and audience reviews, and we'll wrap it all up with our own overall score of the movie. But remember, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, because everyone's a real critic. So, let's get into it. John, my friend, my homie, my brother, my co-host, welcome back. How are you Thanks, doing? Man. How was your trip, man? Did you bless the rains down in Africa? Hell yeah. Toto would be proud. We blessed so hard the rains. <laughs> so hard. Trip was great, man. It's 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 definitely tough to, to come back to reality. You know, we saw a lot of great things. We soaked in as much as we could. We saw a lot of animals. If you're an animal lover, highly recommend it. Going on a little safari. We saw everything, the full circle of life. We saw we didn't see a birth per se, but we did see like a small four-day-year-old giraffe with the umbilical cord just swinging about. Uh, it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Just seeing all that being there completely safe. You know, I think it's one of those things like a flight attendant, like if the person who was sort of driving us around on the safari, if they felt scared, maybe I would have felt scared. But, you know, everything felt great. You know, you're, you're 20, 15, 20 feet from these ginormous majestic animals you're watching them mate you watch them eat you watch them hunt you watch them mostly sleep it was great man it's i would do wild it again. that you can get so close that's so um, crazy it is on a real ranking i would give this trip a 100 absolutely no doubt about hell it. yeah it, it gets a 100 <laughs> on the real ranking but um it was awesome that matt mcguffey got to to come on the pod uh while i was out on the last episode amazing yeah, if you missed it, shame on you. Matt McGuffey's a legend, a living legend. He did an amazing job. <laughs> we need to have him back more than I can ever imagine. I think maybe we should have him back twice a week. He should just do his own thing, and then we'll join him later in the week. I mean, I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm down for that. That sounds great. I would listen to him do anything. Yeah, anything. Literally. Anything. 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 <laughs> I, I had a few times when I was listening. I mean, like you guys were having such a great time. I was having a great time listening. I hope whoever's listening to us right now goes back and listens if you haven't. And if you have, listen again. I remember having to like, <laughs> physically squeeze like my bladder in a few times. Uh, otherwise, I would have been all ooey gooey like that four day year old giraffe, just uh, just wet from pee, you know. Um, so if you're looking to do some some calisthenics, you know, it's summertime. Get that body right. And uh, listen to Uncharted. Make sure you go back and listen to the last episode with Matt McGuffey and Jose. I'm doing Kegels right now. Can you tell, John? <laughs> I'm so good at it. <laughs> yeah, listen. Go back. Short Kings Unite on the uh, the Uncharted podcast oh, yeah. uh, on the last episode. So definitely go back and listen. 
And after you listen, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you rate us. Uh, the ratings matter. We do a podcast about ratings. So you might as well rate us too, good or bad. We don't care. But if it's bad, we'll find you. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, but we, <laughs> we, we honestly don't care. We don't have enough time for that. <laughs> you know, follow us at EARC Pod wherever you get um, your social media information. We uh, love posting updates about the pod. We're going to post more clips of us and just more teasers and, and posting everything that you need to see at EARC pod. But also if you want, and uh, you want a few more good laughs, definitely follow Jose uh, and myself on Twitter and Instagram. Jose is at Hoser loser. I'm at John B Wolf. So uh, we love it. Yeah. I'm actively, uh, actively working on getting a viral tweet. Oh, every day. So, hey, you got like, it was a few thousand, I want to say almost 4,000 on a that Elliot page tweet. I was yeah. like writing that high for days, for days, for days. For like days. crafted it and came I was back like 4,000 likes. I'm like, wow, this is what it feels like, huh? This is for it. what it's worth, guys, I'm new to the tweets. I, I was out of the tweet game for like 10 years. Now I'm back on Twitter and I'm obsessed. Honestly, I'm, I'm obsessed with Twitter. You're just hunting. You're like going for that, the thrill of getting the viral. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 2 a.m., no blue light filter, up, eyes wide open, bloodshot, me on Twitter. So, hit me with them tweets, guys. (laughs) Is that what the kids say? Hit me with them tweets. Yeah, I think so. It sounds really, really good. I think you're you're totally healthy. You're not going to break relationship with Twitter. Absolutely not. Not addicted. No. No. And you know, I think that's totally fine that people get their only source of validation from um, Twitter. I think that's totally fine. What are you trying to say, John? (laughs) No, I think that's great. Um, Yeah. Definitely follow us on Twitter, but uh, you know I think that's enough self uh, self promotion, shameless plugging uh, for us. Let's just talk about our podcast now. This week <laughs> we have a fun movie, the first ever from a what you watching uh, participant to a movie that we're going to be reviewing. Uh, full episode, that, yeah, yeah, for a full episode. Uh, Jose's got it on in the background there. I can see it on loop. We're going to be talking about the Northman, which is exciting. For us, because it has an 89% critic score, pretty high up there, and a 64% audience score. Jose, I remember on Wild. What You Watching, you loved this. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to, to see if your love is still there and, and get into it. Yeah, a I'm excited bit. To, uh, to jump into it a little bit more. Um, if you guys remember, I think mostly what I talked about on that What You Watching segment was like people were calling it like a pretentious, slick art house movie, which I was like, bullshit it costs like 90 million dollars it's a film it's a it's a damn good work of cinema so let's let's jump into it that's all right you guys already know how i feel you know i talked about what you watch but let's dive into the northman let's climb up the tree of norse gods and kings uh uh and take our rightful place at the throne after oh yeah this next segment what you're watching really good or really bad John, so, I mean, you've been gone for yeah. a couple weeks. You know, you've been trotting the globe. <laughs> you know, just, just uh, one part of it. Yeah, just just filling your soul up with these beautiful life experiences with your wife. Um, mm. Have you even had time to watch anything? 
What have you been watching? Other than nature at its finest. Um... <laughs> yeah, other than a real life uh, Dave Attenborough documentary. <laughs> um, you know, the cool, the interesting thing about going anywhere that's far away is that the plane ride is really long. So it was about a 14 hour plane ride, which Jeez. gave me plenty of time to catch up on, on the latest. I think I'm caught up on what's popular um, that you and, and Matt McGuffey talked about on the last episode. So I'm caught up on the boys. I'm caught up on Obi-Wan, I'm caught up on stranger things, but something that is fresh that you guys hadn't talked about yet. Cause it wasn't out at the time is Miss Marvel. I am caught up on both episodes of Miss Marvel, and I love mm-hmm. it. It is really good. We've only watched two of them. So you've been enjoying it, John? Dude, love it. It's so much fun, dude. It feels authentic. It feels just like I'm having a blast watching it. Um, you it know, it's a, it's a great coming-of-age story for um, a young girl. You know, we've gotten Red Panda and now Miss Marvel, so hopefully more... Uh, there can be a little bit more diversity in the coming of age story, I shall say. John, it's funny you say that because I just watched Turning Red for the first time like two days ago. Really? Yeah. And I loved it. And it reminded me a lot of not just Miss Marvel, but also everything, everywhere, all at once. Because they're both like, I want to say like first generation immigrant stories yep. and about like uh, dealing with the differences of generation and dealing with the differences between like your parents yourself and also like the generational trauma that they carry and they put onto their kids you know and it seems like all of these shows are about that right now and i'm i'm here for it i'm into it i you know have my own story as a child of immigrants that so i can relate to a lot of these it's also fun the story itself of the like superhero learning their powers i remember like watching hawkeye and some of the other ones it felt like a little too fast it felt a little rushed but this one just fe- the it knows the journey it's going on it doesn't feel rushed i think every storyline that we've been introduced to so far in the show has been captivating engaging i think the characters are like already pretty well flushed out like we can sort of yeah, they're see defined why they're there and i think it's great because it also gives hopefully this show continues to do well and then the movie that's that's coming out uh does well but it gives miss marvel like something to fight for and that as an audience you can actually believe that she's fighting for something which i think marvel's been missing out on a little bit i i understand uh why right now too some people might feel like marvel fatigue you know, mm. we've just had so much Marvel content for so long at this point. And it unfortunately is getting to the point where like, it's not all good. Yeah. Yeah. Like Moon Knight was fine, but like it ended and nobody's talking about it anymore. It's, it hasn't like carried the impact that say something like WandaVision has when people are still talking about WandaVision. So I, I only because that agree. movie it's refreshing. Came yeah, maybe you could argue that, but also because like it was a character, it was character analysis. You know, it was like a really well-defined character whose motivations were well-defined, and uh, I think we're seeing something similar with Miss Marvel. I will say, and this is like I think like a personal nitpick with Miss Marvel. I felt while I was watching the second episode, like I was too old for this kind of story. Oh, really? Yeah, she. You know, spoiler in the last episode here. Um, you can fast forward real quick, but um, 
she meets like a new boy and uh like immediately falls for him you know and then you, we get bruno being like bruno kind of jealous yeah yeah kind of jealous and i'm like i've seen this a thousand times i'm like i don't care for this kind of like love triangle shit uh, you know? i mean it was nice though i i feel like the way they went about it it still felt young and innocent yeah and so it reminded I guess it just kind of i wanted just like bruno and uh kamala khan to just have like a platonic french i was like that's fine that's normal you know but like to take it in that direction i was a little bummed out but that's just like again personal nitpick doesn't take away from the story no, um, no. but it's it's yeah. it's a great show if you haven't watched it definitely do it lots of laughs very lighthearted. which is and the great. animation's cool animation's cool i think it's it's really yeah. like artfully creatively done for sure and then it's cool the other thing that i actually just started watching this morning because i was like <laughs> woke up this morning sometimes you know i like to have my coffee take it easy um mm-hmm. Put on a little hippie show. speedball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, really get my heart racing. Um, yeah. And I was like, damn, I got nothing to watch right now. Because I feel like I just uh-huh. watched the, uh, I like you caught, caught up, up with everything. everything and yeah. I had, like I binged everything. <laughs> and then they watched. So I, I, this morning I turned on, it's called The Old Man. Have you heard of it? I saw it on Hulu. Have you heard of this? Bridges, the Old right? Man? <laughs> You ever heard of this? <laughs> it's uh, it's FX on Hulu. Um, Jeff Bridges, the dude, heard of him, and uh, and John Lithgow. It's it's kind of fun so far. I'm in. I've only seen like most of the first episode. What's the premise? I mean, what is it? Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's so far. It seems like the classic. Like Jeff Bridges is um, an old dude living trying to live or or separate himself from a past life that he had when he was younger and so he lives in this like small connecticut town at this point um and then his past is starting to like catch up with him and he has this daughter who he's on the phone with but you're like i'm assuming she's real the daughter but like it kind of gives you it kind of gives you moon night vibes where you're like are you actually talking to someone are you not oh so he's like unreliable his wife seemingly has passed away from uh, like some kind of mental uh, decay, um, which is very sad. And so he's having nightmares of that. And at the same time, what, do you, what word are you trying to like get around saying a word? I was, I will, I don't know if it was dementia. I don't know if it was Alzheimer's. I don't know if she okay, was okay. just like what just mentally ill. So I didn't want to, okay, you know, so, so stamp the show's a label. not very, uh, I, you know, I'm uh, anti labels, man. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're not, not about labels, even though I'm <laughs> married. Um, <laughs> so I didn't just want to stamp a label. Yeah, on okay. It. But, uh, you know, there's like there's a lot of moving pieces. I'm in on it. I think Jeff Bridges is cool. Like if I could have anyone's voice in the world, just the voice. Well, the talent would be cool too, but just the voice, I would pick Jeff Bridges. Have you, you ever thought about sound like Jeff Bridges? Yeah, I think it'd be sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. old. Gravity. I would want to be Christopher Walken. No, would you really? Hell yeah! How hilarious would that be? Everything you say, <laughs> and you look everything like you, you say, like I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you look like you would take a huge shit. Yeah. yeah, I still look exactly like this, yeah. but like, <laughs> I love that. Have you ever thought yeah, about definitely that? Christopher I think Walken. about that all the time. Like, 
what, what kind of voice would I want other than mine, obviously. But, yeah, yeah. You know. You're not happy with your own voice? Jeff? No, I didn't say that. I said other than mine. Your podcaster. Jeff Bridges yeah. would be pretty <laughs> wild. I just, I, I just yeah. think that like, that's a very cool, distinct sound. If you could have someone who's Maybe talented. James Earl Jones. That'd be oh, a good one, too. Yes. Booming. Yeah, if, if you powerful. could have uh, like someone who uses their voice as talent, so I guess an actor would also uh, count in this category. Whose voice would you take? Yeah, Christopher Walken, hundred percent. Still, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. I think I would pick like Michael Bublé. I would go for Michael Bublé. Yeah. Oh, so you'd want to like also use it to sing? You'd want to sing? I think so. I think that'd be cool. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I would want Christopher Walken just because I feel like everything would be so much more entertaining. True. And if I could, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of boxing myself in to, to have a man's voice. But if I could also pick Beyonce, it wouldn't be a bad pick either. Or like <laughs> something, it's like someone that has a very powerful, strong voice. I, I, I yeah. think that's sort of where I would go on that. Adele. It would be Adele for me. Adele's a good pick. Yeah. That would be awesome. You just look like you and you sound like Adele. That'd be sick. That'd be insanity. That'd be insanity. But hey. hey let us know. Kind of into it. Yeah. Tweet at one of us. <laughs> yeah, just randomly tweet us famous people. And uh, one, it'll give us notoriety and maybe they'll look at our page. And two, we'll know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Whose voice would you want? Let us know. Yeah. All right, John. Uh, speaking of voices, you don't really hear a lot of Alexander Skarsgård's voice in the movie we're talking about today, but you do hear a lot of Ethan Hawke and a lot of Willem Dafoe, which would be pretty good voices. I feel like Willem Dafoe would be pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do get some. You do get some of uh, uh, of the Skarsgård, but uh, yeah. So I guess that's sort of what we've been watching. It's not too much this week because you know. Why? Why not? But uh, let's get into our little movie. Let's get into the movie. All right. So this week we're talking about The Northman. The Northman is about Chris Amleth. Prince Amleth. A man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle who kidnaps the boy's mother. Two decades later, Amleth is now a, a Viking on a mission to save his mother, kill his uncle, and avenge his father. When I, I will read, kill you, Fjornir. I will when, save you, mother. Yeah. I will avenge you, father. When I read I will that, avenge I you, father. Because he says I will kill you, Fjornir. So much. Dude, we I loved it. it. I'm we into it. Yeah, man. So this movie um, came out very recently. It came out in, in April, uh, April 22nd of this year, which is um, crazy that it's already, I mean, most movies um, nowadays come out to streaming very quickly, but uh, I did watch this movie on the Peacock. I feel like I just watched this like a month ago. That's what I'm theaters. saying. It feels like yeah. we just watched this. And I, I feel like when you went to go see this, there was not this big difference in the, the critic score and audience score. And so to see it like almost 30 points is, is pretty insane. That's 25 crazy. points is, is, is wild for this one. It was also interesting because you mentioned a couple times it being like a 90 million. It took 90 million dollars to make this movie worldwide. 68 7 million that's Oof. it 
Yeah. That's not good. I told you this. I, I'm pretty sure I said this, that it was going to be a flop. Really? Man. Well, I'm, I'll have yeah. to go back. Uh, yeah. Our guy, Bobby Eggers. Some <laughs> Bobby of you may Eggers. know him. Yeah, Bobby Eggers, friend of the pod. Some of you guys may know him uh, if you've ever seen The Witch. Love it. It was it was interesting that this movie almost identical in feel, look and feel. Yeah, he, so he, he definitely has a, has very a style. Defined style and tone, and I mean, like it's they're both like period pieces from yeah a long, long time ago. Very long. <laughs> yeah. Eight ninety five. <laughs> AD. Eight ninety five is when this one happens. Yeah, great year. If I love it though, because it feels like a different world. It really does. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and Eggers does a really good job of placing you in that world from the very beginning through these really kind of elaborate oneers too, which is awesome. It will. It was. Uh, what's interesting to me, and and maybe like maybe this is really cool. Maybe this talks about Robert Eggers, um, you know, just like a hot star rising through Hollywood a little bit, but this is like only his third feature movie, like yeah. in theaters, I think. And pretty sweet. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like to have your third movie be this well accepted by critics. Um, and then even the, the person he wrote it with, I don't want to butcher their name, but they're, Icelandic and this is their this is their second big um big theaters movie. Um they yeah. also wrote uh Lamb, which we didn't see oh, that but movie's also crazy. Definitely want to watch it. We that could movie. watch it for the pod. Really? It fits? Oh yeah. Oh hell yes. Let's do it. 8661. That movie looks bizarre and I'm all here for it. It looks weird. But yeah, yeah we it looks do freaky. It. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So uh, let's get into the real rundown of this movie. I know you let's gave us, I mean, honestly, your your one line overview was pretty, pretty specific, but, uh, you know, I'll get, <laughs> I'll get into the real rundown right here. Okay. So in the time where Vikings were the most feared savages on planet Earth, a young Amleth played by, at this point, played by Oscar Novak and later played, as we, we talked about, Alexander Skarsgård and his mother, the Queen Gudrun, Nicole Kidman, Welcome home a battle-injured King Arvindil, Arvindil, the War Raven, who is Ethan Hawke. Dude, the names, love it. So the king, he comes back. He's a little injured. He throws a welcome uh, welcome me back party uh, for everyone here in this village, in this kingdom. Uh, Where the only person who really looks to be excited at this party (laughs) is his son, Amleth. Also, at this point, we see the queen and his brother have some kind of like sexy eyes going at each other. That you thought I so? Get, right away. Dude, right okay. away I saw it. And no one else seems to notice this in the room. Or everyone notices that. it except Amleth and Jose at this point. Um, <laughs> so fearing that his life might be ending soon due to the severity of his injury, the war raven decides to show Amleth the ropes of becoming a man through some kind of ritualistic human to beast back to human ceremony led by Hymir <laughs> the Hymir fu- the, the way to describe that John. was it wrong <laughs> it was led by Heimer yeah the yeah fool, uh who who's played by willem dafoe yeah they insane become like cameo and insane. they see they start to see uh the tree of kings and shit from yeah, we'll get mythology there. yeah we'll get yeah. there pretty sweet it looks like they both went through an acid trip led by willem dafoe you know essentially yeah it's crazy essentially 
So uh, pretty quickly after the man ceremony, the war raven just gets annihilated by arrows. And just then gets impaled. Boromir'd. He gets impaled by spears and then eventually beheaded by his brother Fjolnir after like a five minute monologue by the war raven as an arrow is like in his Dude, throat. He's still so able cool. to execute like his last fuck you. Ethan Hawke is like, come get your corpse. <laughs> fucking sick to his brother Fjolnir the brotherless aka the bastard who's played by Klaus Bang great name so Fjolnir kills his brother pretty much so he and the queen uh could finally love in peace Hashtag but we don't peace. know that we time. don't know that yet um Amleth not picking up on the obvious clues there uh <laughs> runs away and vows when he is stronger to avenge his father save his mother and kill Fjolnir yeah um so now at this point, Amleth, we we skip ahead years. We're no longer in 895, which is a bummer. I love the year 895. A lot of great things happen. Great year, year, great year. Now Amleth is fully grown, almost like a super soldier specimen, honestly. <laughs> he becomes I, I don't know like what a kind of bear of a man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cut to him and he is Alexander Skarsgård and he's cut. Yeah, he's huge. So he begins a short, uh, convenient quest to find Fjolnir. Um, <laughs> after overhearing an, other warriors talking about Fjolnir being a joke man on a farm up north, Amleth begins his quest. He pretends to be a slave so that he can be sold to Fjolnir's farm, where he meets Olga the Birch Forest, uh, who is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and their love begins to kindle immediately. Uh, once Amleth and Olga are now slaves on Fjolnir's farm, Amleth vows to bring hell to Fjolnir by causing, pretty much just causing a ruckus on the farm. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to make shit happen. He just be a brings prankster. the fucking ruckus. Yeah, I'm going to be a prankster. Yeah. As he's bringing the, bringing the pain, he tries to rescue his mother, but he learns uh, she hates him and his father all along. Didn't like them, uh, which is painful to hear when of the three values you had in your whole life, one of them yeah. was avenge your father, the other to kill your uncle, and the third was to save your mom. To hear that she hates you and doesn't want to be saved, um, that, that's devastating. So in a weird, almost make-out scene oh, that uh, was between, so weird. between mother and son, uh, the queen, uh, Gudrun, tries to uh, kill Hamleth, and uh, his world essentially just comes crashing down. So his destruction grows larger uh, and violence, killing people at night, uh, poisoning people, and eventually killing his mother and Fjolnir's two other sons. So now faced with uh, his last kill to exact revenge. Amleth is on his way to kill Fjolnir, so he goes to Olga, um, and after smelling her blood, learns she's pregnant, um, and decides as a father, (laughs) as his father did for him, to protect him. Uh, And so he decided to protect his unborn sons by sending them away. And in a crazy final battle, Amleth is successful in killing Fjolnir, but at the cost of his own life. And that was the real rundown. Woo! Great job, John. What were your first thoughts of the movie, man? I mean, well, you gave a lot uh, of thoughts in there, but what were your first ones? Yeah, I was very excited to watch this movie, and I was stoked to see it in theater. I remember being like, yeah, 100% have to go see this in theater. I love Robert Eggers because of The Witch. I thought that movie was insane. So, yeah, I mean, I, I did the Whatcha Watching segment on this, so you guys know how I feel. But to reiterate, I was just stoked. Regardless of the fact that some publications were basically calling it like pretentious in our house, like I mentioned earlier. But I'm a fan of Eggers. So I was just down. You know, I knew this would transport us to another world. 
I knew it was going to be brutal. The cast was insane. I was in. I was in. What about you, John? Yeah, I was um I was curious about it because I think The Witch got similar reviews, like high from critics, low from audience. Um and I remember when I watched The Witch, what with The Witch Witch was a pretty interesting movie. So, I kind of went in knowing that it was going to be a slow grind yeah. uh, until the end, which was fine with me. And so I was excited to see what how he was going to sort of transport this time period and really make it feel um, authentic and just like gritty from the trailers. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was sort of me going into it. I really didn't know much. I didn't really know what the plot was because from the previews, you can't really tell. It just looks like uh, Alexander Skarsgård being a animal um and yeah. so that was pretty much it so right off the right off the rip in this movie i was a little nervous when, when i booted it up on the peacock because we start to get like an exposition like a telling of yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening and so what i was worried is that we were going to get like some kind of norse mythology exposition dump that was going to then like we would have to remember later on but you then it did but it's pretty simple it was just like here you go this is it done yes <laughs> it was simple and so like and i think the the beginning of the the like lore dump that happens for like five seconds honestly is just yeah. to really transport you to that other time but it really like sets up that this is a tale of you know son becoming man sort of story which was interesting yeah. it's basically then, hamlet it a thousand percent is hamlet and uh <laughs> yeah. i texted you as soon as i finished the movie that i was like uh i don't know yeah. if i enjoy that i just watched two hours of shakespeare or yeah whatever but um, what i liked about this version of shakespeare though is that there is basically no dialogue <laughs> Yeah, there's very little. You know, there's very little. There's no soliloquies, really. I mean, there's Willem Dafoe and the witches basically talking at Alexander Skarsgård at like and three who knows points what in the movie. The hell he's saying? They're just telling him what to do next, you know. And I guess that's probably the biggest criticism of this movie is that it's a very simple narrative. Our hero has one motivating motivation, and it's revenge. Three. Well, yeah but they all culminate in revenge yeah <laughs> they're all basically like i will avenge my father in killing fjolnir and saving my mother like it's right. one goal which is fine i thought because they had if the movie had to explain to us what the north gods were i feel like it's really easy for this to have been too complicated yeah but like the whole time i was just sitting there being like okay sure <laughs> sure okay i guess there's a tree of kings heard listen yeah. i'm listening oh Sounds okay good. this witch guy has willem defoe's head and it's telling him to go get a crazy sword okay that yeah. sounds good gets the sword sounds pretty cool go murder him at the gates of hell <laughs> okay so <laughs> i'm i'm here i'm watching <laughs> how do we get there yeah. yeah um yeah so it was it was cool like right on right on the right at the beginning of the movie, you feel transported to another time, like immediately mm -hmm. when it hits you with 895 AD again, like can't rave enough. There's memories flowing back from that time of how, how such a, the summers of 895, man, <laughs> there's songs about it. I'm telling you yeah, back yeah. in the, in the record books, but uh, um, 
Yeah. Just even from that, like when, when the King comes back and you're just seeing like people chained and like walking around and it's like, even the, the, the filter is like a little bit dark, but it doesn't feel like it's that fake blue filter that everyone puts on. Yeah. There were some times the sets looked so authentic that like there wasn't any like, yeah, I never felt disconnected from it. It never looked super fake to me. Yeah, but like again, and I think the transporting continued. So like we did, like in the real rundown, you know, the the king is coming back from whatever battle. Sat so like it seems like he there's always pillaged. A yeah, you know, he clearly pillaged something. Yeah, I mean, he probably pillaged a lot of things. Am I right? Hey, um, <laughs> and so he he's back. No one wants to see him. Is the vibe that I got immediately, yeah. and he's like, I'm dying, and I will only die in battle forget getting old forget dying by this wound i'm gonna yeah be a viking which i actively thought this on the second watch because because he takes amleth afterwards because he's like oh he's my only heir i have to you mm-hmm. know teach him the ways he shows him the tree of kings or whatever it is and they've all died in battle right like you yeah. have to die in battle to get on that so literally every man previous like in their previous generation has just been murdered. Yeah. <laughs> They've just all been murdered. And that's how you go to Valhalla, baby. That's it. And for Valhalla. Yeah. I'm all about it. So like, let's kind of talk so about. So fucking the... masculine. Dude, I know, right? I just would never like, make yeah, it. We are men. We are animals. We Ow. Just... <laughs> yeah. I would never like, make step it. on a Lego. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So like we continue to be. so. Oh, Oh, also okay what the the teardrop that's that his dad gives oh yeah, to yeah, yeah. Amleth. did that ever come back yeah they say they just kind of mention it later on like willem dafoe is like the last you know who you shed your last tear for blah 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 it was like part of the ritual oh okay yeah huh all right <laughs> uh, I must have missed that one. But yeah, let's talk about this ritual. Dude, that was wild. It's crazy. When they walked into this like cavern and he's like, nah, no, you're a beast now. Crawl, uh-huh. bitch. And so they start crawling around and then Willem Dafoe's just there living in a cave and he's like, ha, ha, ha welcome. And then they... It's just like mag- the magic here is real. You know, like it's yeah. what the movie's saying. Like Odin is real. Magic is real. Here's a ritual. They have to do it. They actually get to... They actively see... The yeah. thing he's talking about, like it exists, yeah. the tree, Valhalla is real. Like, yeah, that's what I got out of this ritual. It was basically breaking that down for us. Legendary you know? fart joke at this moment as well. Crazy. Uh, yeah. And they're like, clever dog. <laughs> Farts. <laughs> that's all it takes. If you guys have no idea, like you, you're listening right now and you have, you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? I felt that same way while watching this movie the entire time you like, should watch the, the movie though like about? this is one you that should. you should definitely watch before you should watch it but you won't have any idea what's going on but you'll enjoy it maybe what you yeah. should do is while you're watching it have us talking through it as you're watching <laughs> like a DVD and i think commentary <laughs> yeah like a little you know mystery science theater whatever they call that you know yeah, yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah you know what I'm you've never about. seen ms yeah mystery yeah science yeah so that's us for you right now what part are you on you're on that part. Yeah. We just told you. <laughs> I um, like that part. <laughs> <laughs> what 
but yeah so we'll either help clarify it for you or we're gonna make it way more so i've watched this twice john and i felt like on the second watch yeah i liked it a lot more like because i understood what the ritual was for you know what was the ritual for it basically i i I read it as like oh this is a spell basically For if if I ever die, they talk about it, you will avenge me, you know, like you are now okay. a man, you are an animal, and from yeah. this moment on you will never cry again. It basically like cemented in stone who Amleth would become, which is just a fucking a beast, beast yeah. of a man whose sole purpose is to avenge his father. Yeah. Because that's what they're talking about in that cave, in that scene, and then immediately afterwards, his dad is murdered by his Which father. was I mean, like I couldn't tell during during the the ceremony, the party, the beast party. Like, did his dad? Does every Viking go through this, or did his dad know? I think it's a because royal of thing. his. Okay, because he made the comments right before that that he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna die in battle. Forget this." So then I was like, "He knows he's gonna die. He wants to make sure his son avenges him." Like. Yeah, yeah, Does he, like, know something's coming? Did he know about Fjolnir? Like, I had a lot of those questions happening. Maybe. I don't think he knew about Fjolnir, but Which and is I know, wild. we know he wanted to die in battle. So it was, like, inevitable for him to... He was going to yeah. go out there and search it for it. But, yeah, I don't know. It did seem a little... It does seem a little convenient that he would, you know, have that ritual immediately before being murdered and requiring yeah. revenge uh, from his son. But I don't know. I was just like so into the mythology, the mysticism of it, that I was like, I'm willing to accept this story because it it reads like a freaking fable or like yeah, like a, like a fairy tale. It was like an ancient yeah. Norse fairy tale. Yeah, and yeah. It, here's the one like when we talk about uh, the War Raven getting absolutely blitzed right after this uh, ceremony. The one thing, the reason I don't believe he didn't know is because during the little party that they had the welcome home party one of the like jesters comes up and is like hey your wife's fucking your brother essentially in different words (laughs) and he's just like go away (laughs) oh yeah fionir is like shut your fucking mouth you goddamn and he's like whoa fionir that's my homie yeah yeah. he's a joker (laughs) yeah and he's like, don't worry about it. He's just like, whatever, yeah, right? Like, she would never, right? You would never, right? Yeah. He's yeah. Like, what? what? Yeah, that's actually crazy. Anyway, the war raven just, he gets absolutely gets blindsided. Worked. Yeah. Amleth runs away. Here's the other crazy thing about this scene. They fire this guy up with arrows and then spear him and all this. But when he gets hit with the first couple of arrows, Amleth is right there. And then Fjolnir yeah. is like, find the boy, kill him. And I was like, if you wanted to kill the boy, he was like, he was right there, dude. Yeah. I don't know. They, they had a target in mind, dude. And then they were like, clear up the rest of the assets, you know? Who's the little blonde girl? Like, <laughs> well, what, what are you doing? He's anyway, like walking so, around the village, too, in like a red hood. Yeah. And nobody stops him. <laughs> super inconspicuous. Yeah. yeah. And then he just yeah, gets super. on a boat and rows away. What? Dude. Where did you go, bro? Rose away and just doesn't stop repeating. Mm-hmm. I will avenge my father. I will save I will my mother. I will avenge your father. I will save your mother. I will kill you, Fiona. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um, it was. Because, I mean, like, 
I don't know. It's such a simple story, but it's using like these complicated like mythology to tell it. I think it just kind of meshed well enough to just, you know, like we're so far removed from this culture. I mean, personally, right. That I think like a story like that, that was easy and like it was palatable enough for us to just kind of follow along. And it's also like an old story. You know, it's Hamlet before Hamlet. There's a bunch of examples of a man like of a prince specifically, I think like coming back around to murder his uncle who has stolen the throne and his mother or whatever. Like it's a pretty old story. The Lion King. Chilo. Yeah. And so after he disappears, we quickly time warp forward. And then Amleth is an absolute super soldier. He puts Captain America (laughs) to shame for the way he looks. He is yoked out of his mind. Insane. I don't know what kind of supplements they have. Yeah. Like a beast. Yeah. Complete beast mode. It's crazy. There was an audience review that was like, he walks around like Quasimodo. <laughs> well, he does walk around just fully yoked all the time. But not like Quasimodo. Constantly. No. If Quasimodo looked like that, that would be insane. Mm-hmm. Live action Quasimodo I would be starring would be Alexander Skarsgård. It's only yeah. a matter of time before they do that. They're going to do the Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's going to be like some super handsome ripped guy. <laughs> he's not wearing a shirt the whole time yeah also is that how you say do you say notre dame <laughs> i think it's notre dame notre dame i think you're right, right. Okay, yeah cool um yeah. so anyways he do you say Lacroix or lacroix lacroix duh <laughs> sweet and then, yeah, we get a pretty solid one here of Alexander Skarsgård just pillaging a, a village. Like, just walking around, taking people out, dodging arrows. He's just... It was sweet. Yeah. It was a <laughs> it cool was action scene. Cool. Yeah. It reminded me of playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It was the same. It was pretty much the I same thing. That. I was like, oh, wow. That's what I, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Just just run in there like Master Chief. And he's not wearing anything. He's no. just shirtless with like, yeah, underwear. Dude, honestly, if I looked like that, I would do everything shirtless too. It, it probably wouldn't matter. <laughs> I'd go for it. Like, why? what are you covering up for? Yeah. It's probably honestly distracting for other people. Like the, the people that he's taken out are like, whoa, is that, like, that guy's good look? Boom, dead. Yeah, crazy. I just don't know. How do you even get like that, dude? Like, these actors nowadays have to look like that if you want to be a movie star. Hard work and dedication. Back in the day, rom-coms used to be, like, fucking Gene Wilder. Just, like, some regular-looking dude. You know? And, like, a bait. (laughs) Now everybody has to be fully yoked. Just just eight packs. Insane packs. Even Tom Hanks and fucking Top Gun. Have you seen Top Gun yet, John? No. Oh, dude. You got to go see Top Gun. I'm sure I, you listen I heard. To, you listen to the episode. I listened to the last episode. If you haven't <laughs> listened to the last episode, go back, listen. Uh, yeah. Matt McGuffey. And another, uh, I mean, Matt McGuffey, Jose, and another short king, uh, Tom Cruise. Make and Tom Holland. And Tom Holland. You know, it was a short king pod. So yeah, it was go a short back king and listen. pod. Yeah. Um, so, so anyways at this yeah. point yeah, yeah after after he takes out this village uh which seemingly looks like he does it him and like three other dudes just take <laughs> out and take down this whole village they go to the pub and uh 
this is where I like, there were some moments in this movie that like just kind of made me laugh. And I'm not sure if like they were supposed to be funny, but there were some because it was so convenient. Right. And then others where this movie is also very gory. Um, if you're someone who, yeah, if you're, if you don't love, if you don't love blood and guts, <laughs> if you're someone who's like not super yeah. gore, don't watch this movie. You know, what's crazy um, is that like, I will get, I'll feel queasy when you tell me about a four day old giraffe's umbilical cord. Yeah. So like attached, that makes me feel gross, but blood and guts yeah. in movies, just give it to me. I love it. <laughs> really? I fucking wow. love it. Yeah. The more gore. I found myself sometimes rolling my eyes as to how gory it was. It was like, all right, come on. Just intestines and fucking legs. And <laughs> at the end, when the guy walks in to the room holding his intestines, I laughed and rolled my eyes. I was like, come on. Like, I love was it. Was that necessary? Yeah, that's movie necessary. magic, baby. You're like trying to put them back in. <laughs> yeah, no. <It's> just <laughs> Sometimes, so when some of that stuff kind of took me out of it because I was like, this is over the top. Yeah, it's like this that scene in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Yes. He's like, ah. yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, when he's in this pub, he overhears other dudes talking about Fjolnir. And they're like, oh, Fjolnir's washed. He's old now. He's a loser. He's up on a farm. And so at that point, I was like, is it even worth killing this guy anymore? But then Amleth was like, what farm? And they were like, I don't know, somewhere up north. And he was like, cool. And then immediately. He really was. He's like, I'll fucking, I'll be there. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to get this fucking guy. And like brands guy. himself. And he's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to be a slave. Here we yeah. go. Crazy. He's, I, he's dedicated to the bit. Yeah, dedicated to the bit. He just makes himself a slave. And, but he's never at any point, like, they can't do anything to keep him incarcerated he immediately like Dude, breaks up superhero. yeah it just walks up the roof it goes out every single night <laughs> they can't yeah so he finally gets a few on his farm uh i don't know how it was just he got very lucky i guess no 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 this... he he knows he asked the guy beforehand he's like where are these slaves going they're like they're oh, going to fuel okay. near so he made sure he was with that group that oh, was going okay. with them yeah i missed yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed them. So, uh, okay. So he does make it to Fjolnir. Um, and then he meets Olga, as we mentioned. Uh, yeah, on the way uh, there. And, like, the she kind of questions him about, like, uh, she's like, what are you trying to do? He's like, uh, revenge. <laughs> that, a, man, a man that stole my... <laughs> He's like, in not so many words, I'm here for revenge. Uh, this guy stole my Hey, kingdom. so what do you do? Revenge. <laughs> and she's like, oh, cool. Uh, me too, because I don't want to be a fucking slave. <laughs> so she, and then she says a badass line. She's like, oh, you can cut a man. She's like, you can destroy a man, rip his limbs off or whatever. And she's like, but I can destroy his mind. And I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, she never really did that, though. No, she never really did um, What was also interesting, he like. But she's like a witch, right? She's like a witch or something. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I I think maybe she heals him at some point, like in the in really? the bath when she fucks him in the bath. Oh yeah, because he's injured and shit. She puts him in the bath and he's like totally fine after. It's like a back to tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but any Gross. but yeah. Anyways, uh, he didn't get enough questions. Honestly, I could tell you it was sort. It sort of like reminded me of Obi Wan in the show, uh, where he's like trying to 
have people not think he's a Jedi, but is so clearly dread. Like if he you were looks, to point to anyone that looked like a Jedi, draw me a Jedi. Like, it's like okay, that guy, basically <laughs> that, that guy, guy right, right there. over there. Yeah, I, I love that, and he's so with- bad at like concealing his fucking his, his like, lightsaber. Anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then anytime in in the show something goes wrong, he just like puts his hood up. Yeah, it's like oh that guy seems sketchy, but it's the same thing here where it's like this huge mammoth of a man is a slave now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like if okay like he didn't get a like no one when he made it to fionnir's farm no one was like hey you seem kind of big to be a slave are you sure you're a slave how did you catch <laughs> that guy he's a fucking yeah. bear <laughs> yeah like, no one there weren't enough questions this guy had uh, to have come here me. willingly because at any point he could just hulk out like yeah. no longer restrained <laughs> Hey, but what are you doing here? What's then? crazy is like he's huge, and then when they're playing that like lacrosse game or whatever the hell that was, oh, that guy God, was dude. even bigger. Yeah, dude, they make him yeah, big up there. It's crazy. I, I had that uh, written down to talk about that lacrosse game was insane. It was dude. sick. It was awesome. They killed each other out there. Yeah, and then also that kid, the kid, um, the little boy, what an the, idiot. The the, yeah, he deserved to die. Like, I don't know. Why did Amleth save him? It didn't make any sense. To oh, me. so they they uh, they foreshadow that. At one point, um, when he goes to talk to that witch guy that's holding Willem Dafoe's uh, yeah. and he goes, oh, you'll have to choose between, you know, you know, murdering or mercy for your own oh. kid. And he's just like, fuck are you talking about i'm gonna destroy all of these fucking guys yeah but then he does you know have barely he he has trouble with the kid getting hurt he saves him multiple times and the kid just kind of jumps on his back so it's like stabbing him like a little monkey um uh so yeah that's what that's what he's talking about he's like okay he's gonna he's gonna feel some sort of affection towards the little boy for whatever reason uh, but I don't know why. I guess it's just because to show us that he's not a bad guy, you know. Like, or that it wasn't that little boy. It was going to be his son, and that was the affection he felt towards his unborn son, saving him at the end. I don't know. Anyway, don't know. that lacrosse game, absolutely bonkers. But we also right before that um, get that prophecy, um, as you just mentioned, that um, yeah. the the killing of his uncle will happen in like a burning lake. Um, and so he, he sort of vows to make his uncle's life a, a living hell. I think is what he says, something like that. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Um, so I feel across. So yeah, he like meets that guy and, but also that guy tells him, um, like, oh, the fates have told, have told you that you need this sword to exact your revenge. So he tells him to go get the sword and he's got to fight like a fucking, uh, uh, an undead Viking to get it, like maybe this previous owner or something. Do you remember that? No. Really? He's like, go get the sword. The sword can only oh, be unsheathed yeah. at yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And at then, like, night. when he goes to get the sword, he has to fight that fucking Draugr yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, Take him yeah, out, yeah. and then he goes out, and then it's like, oh shit, did he just imagine the whole thing? I thought that was sick. So uh, this is why that, I'm here for this movie. I'm like, oh, all the magic and stuff. That's it happening, cool. and the gods like are game. Yeah, 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 and there's the ravens are coming, and they're clearly mm-hmm. helping him out, you know, because his dad was the war raven. 
So I had a question when he does get that sword, he go, he like leaves and he's like, all right, one night mission and I'll go get the sword and come back real quick. Or uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like escape and goes to yeah. the quick quest. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it, I think to your point, I think it was uh, like, it all happened in his head and then he got the, he was able to open the sword yeah. after he did the mission in his head. But <laughs> the, the, the cinematography, like the coloring, the filter would sort of change uh, at night. And then when it would go like pure black and white at night, yeah. do you notice this? And so at first I thought it was because it was um, because it was like that memory. He went back in his head and he did everything and it was black and white the whole time. So then anytime it went to night, I just assumed it was like a memory. Did you oh, have that same really, thing? No, or, no, you no were... not really. I was uh, kind of... <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah, I was kind of... I, I don't know. I was just along for the ride, John. Yeah. I was just here for the... I was just along for the ride. Yeah. Well... Yeah. I'll, I'll leave. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I will say it was like... The, the cinematography was kind of inconsistent. In what ways? Like sometimes the wonders felt a little forced. You could tell where they hid the cut, you know, and uh, mm. uh, and it kind of felt awkward in camera placement in some points as well. But again, like I was just willing. I guess maybe I'm being a little forgiving, just because I was us, so enchanted. Give by us the, one uh, of your examples of awkward camera placements. Um, in the very beginning, we get the wonder where it like kind of moves over the water and then sits in front of Alexander Skarsgård, and the it's kind of shaky, mm-hmm. but it just kind of feels weird. Um, it's kind of forced, but I don't know. I don't know. It kind of just stuck out to me as like oh, some parts kind of felt a little awkward. Okay, but but Edgar's just kind of likes moving the camera. Like a, <laughs> it's probably got some insane. <laughs> camera tracks or some shit because it's just going like down the whole set and it's i don't know it's pretty cool or they just give it to a drunk guy who can barely walk and he's just like walking (laughs) down so after like we uh he gets that sword um uh, what kind of cracked me up is like or not cracked me up but uh it was like after the cross game some like random person came up to them and was like, you now have a special gift to pick any woman you want. And he's, and I was like, wow, I guess, you know, times were different in eight ninety five. you know? Yep. Uh, women weren't. Yep. Yep. But that's when very well. Yeah. That's when, uh, Amleth got that mushroom and that's when he like totally got bonkers, uh, by Olga. You know what I'm talking about? You remember that? Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I liked yeah. Olga, but I'm just an Anya Taylor Joy fan, I think. Really, I have another friend yeah. that is like uh, a big fan of hers. Yeah, big fan. You know, to each like, his own. Huge, <laughs> huge fan, huge fan. Friend of the pod, we should get her on. Friend of the pod. Yeah, Queen's Gambit. Did you, fan, wa- huh? did you watch Queen, Queen's Gambit? Yeah, I was about to ask you that. I did. Yeah. Did you like it? It was all right. You loved it, I'm assuming. To each their own, I guess. I really enjoyed it. I did very much enjoy it. Big fan of chess? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. I hate chess. <laughs> anyway, so after this, uh, this is when, like, Amleth is, like, I'm, I'm wreaking havoc on this town. And I yeah. was, I at first, I, I was wondering, what does that mean? What are you going to do? Because it felt to me, 
when I was watching this movie, it felt to me that it was very convenient that he found Fjolnir so quickly. And I was concerned with the movie and the pacing that they got him to Fjolnir really early in the movie. I mean, it's, it's maybe yeah. 30 minutes, 45 minutes into the movie. And he's at, he's there, he's at Fjolnir's yeah, farm. Yeah. And I was like, what are they going to do? What is he going to do now? Like now he's there's, a slave. There's know? an hour yeah. and uh, 20 minutes left in this movie. Like, what are they going to do? And he's so got a couple quests, you know, <laughs> there was a quest. <laughs> he's got to fall in love with Olga. He's got to um, uh, uh, save the kid. You know, so he feels a little bit of mercy when he just starts absolutely slaying everybody yeah. in sight. And that's where because we are he now. Starts, yeah, yeah, he starts to basically torture um, everybody that lives in the village. They're all yeah. terrified. People are just dying. They're waking up in the morning and there's just dead people. Everywhere. They're like, holy shit, are we cursed? Yes. Yeah. I, I love this because they don't know. Yeah. They don't know that they're being fucking, they're literally being haunted by the war oh, raven yeah. through his son. Yeah. You know? It's pretty it, great. And and so this part kind of helped a little bit for me to at least provide like, okay, what is this guy going to do tonight? Uh, you know, what crazy <laughs> yeah. things is he going to do? And so, yeah, it's like his every time, every time the sun would go, he would just like open yeah. the little flap. He's like, here I come, bitch. <laughs> I also love the same thing. Like not enough questions are being asked when they're so the first one, the first big how one that are not how are the, the rest when, of the slaves not waking up when well, he escapes the one of them knows when he starts asking, he's like, well, I don't know. But the uh the first one of the first ones where he like cuts up a bunch of people and then shapes them as a horse <laughs> on the side of the house. And, and like, terrifying. No one's like, man. It's like the chamber of secrets have been opened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like man who could have done this like look around there's only one guy around that yeah. looks like he could have done it and no they're like taking like, a look at it and they're like uh huh well it, it'd have to be a very large man to be able to to, <laughs> yeah. to to break this man's body down into bits and pieces you know that he wasn't a small guy <laughs> it's like the, yeah, I definitely should... wasn't any of the women it's like because like, they, they should... don't think women are capable of anything. No, they're not. And they're like chained together the whole time. It's like the I think yeah. you should leave hot dog uh, sketch. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we should find the guy that did this. Yeah. <laughs> we know it was you. Yeah. You're the one that's dressed like a hot dog. He's like, so is he. Like no one. So he starts by doing that. Then on uh, torturing TV by Amleth, he just starts like howling like a dog at at the dog and then uh-huh. there's a dog that's in there and then the dog goes well because in the ritual that's who they are you right know? they become like dogs, also dogs so he can like speak with dogs or something yeah maybe dmx was a norse god i don't know r.i.p yeah. r.i.p some peace uh rest in power um <laughs> Yeah, and then he like after he has the dog who gets killed, Amleth then cuts the penis off some dude, and then it, like the intestines are hanging out of it. That was wild. Not sure, not sure why he had to be so brutal to innocent people. Um, and then that's when we get the confrontation between Amleth and his mother, which is like the only part in the movie that Nicole Kidman is really in. And yeah, is like this is the like one of she's in the beginning right and then gone and then shows back up for this scene just she's kind of like looks concerned for the rest of the movie this scene but then this is like one of three scenes in the whole movie where acting is even in it 
Like, what did you think of like this scene? Like solid dialogue actually happening in that scene. Yeah, what'd you think? I was just like, are they gonna fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> the movie is implying, because she starts trying to seduce him. Yeah, she is. Yeah. In it's that weird. scene. Well, I, and I'm like, yeah. oh. I was into it though. Like, of course. It makes sense. I'm already it's already like Hamlet. Might as well also be edible, you know. I'm like, okay, I yeah, of course. This is kind of eight ninety five, crazy year. Crazy year. Crazy they year, would just dude. like fuck their siblings to just to keep the family line going and shit, you know? So oh, I mean the world God. has been built and I'm aware that that's a possibility in this world. Yeah, that just and like, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm just imagining you <laughs> watching this and you're like, man. I, she's like, I hate you. I hate your dad. Like, I never loved you. I never loved him. Fjolnir. I'm team Fjolnir all day. Yeah, yeah. And then I just imagine you watching it. And then she starts, like, getting close to him and all that weird stuff. And you're like, man, this is weird. But I like it. <laughs> I have the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> what is happening to me? <laughs> yeah. Did you have, like, I'm a long like, heart? Oh. Yeah, all that all that stepbrother and stepmother porn <laughs> online really good. <laughs> Whoa, this has had a quite an effect on me. Did you like get up immediately after the movie and just like take a long, hard, cold look at yourself in the in the mirror? Like, goddamn. After my cold shower, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> goddamn. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I just printed out a photo of Nicole Kidman and put it right up on my bathroom mirror. <laughs> So just stare at her every night before I go sleep. Nice. That won't give you nightmares. Yeah. Good night, mom. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that was weird. uh, Because right after that. Good night, mom. (laughs) She she tries to kill him. And then. um, And what was interesting to me is like she tried to kill him quickly. She stabs him, right? Yeah. She stabs him. Yeah. Yeah. But then he just like leaves. Right. He's fine. Yeah. And then right after. Nicole Kidman's like, I'm telling you, Fjolnir, like, the War Raven's son is here. Like, Amleth is here. My son is here. Yeah. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's like, he died. Because in the very beginning, the guy with no nose lied about him dying. That was also very convenient. Yeah. He's like, the boy is dead. He sank like a stone. Yeah. Yeah. It w- um, yeah, I don't know. But that ah, dude, I I just love the way he's torturing the fucking people in this in this little tiny village. favorite torture he's, moment. They're terrified. Uh, what? What was it? <laughs> yeah, pick one. I don't know. Favorite torture moment. Never thought I'd hear that. Um, I kind of like how he just stole his son's heart. Yeah, sicko. He's fucking badass. It's like, oh, we need the heart, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sicko. Give me my son's heart back. So, uh, yeah, that was weird. Um, so after his mom totally doxed him, uh, he like runs to the hills and then comes back. And this is at the point I was like, all right, it's going to be, this is, this is going to be the battle. He's going to come to town. He's going to absolutely just go bonkers, but, uh, he doesn't. And then he only kills the first time. He only kills one person, right? I think he only kills one of the sons the first time. Yeah, yeah with the heart. Exactly. With the heart. And then yeah, he, he takes the heart. And yeah. he tortures and then he leaves. And then he comes back. And then to save Olga. Yeah. Because yeah, they know that he likes Olga. Yeah. 
And then he ends up killing the other, his other, the younger half brother, as you mentioned, like jumps on his back and starts stabbing him. And then is he kills his mother. Yeah. Um, which is sad. Right through the heart. You know, he does. But you know, he had to. He had to. Again, like it was all foretold. You know, it kind of makes you think like, does this guy have any free will at all? No, man. He's just, an, he's just a fucking accessory in his father's revenge. You know, that's all he is, man. He's a product of the Norse, uh, machine yeah the norse machine (laughs) big norse yeah they just created him (laughs) yeah yeah he's just there because odin and everybody that's what they want he did his mom straight through the heart like she did to him man straight through the heart pretty sweet mean but then there's that crazy funeral scene and uh we haven't talked yeah they don't really we didn't really talk about him and olga's romance in the the movie it's just kind of convenient it's there it's kind of happening it's there i never really felt the connection between them it felt a little i mean it doesn't it doesn't didn't seem like um like amleth had any actual empathy (laughs) no he he definitely embodied the cold-blooded ruthless animal um yeah olga i don't know they kind of fall for each other and then um he has obviously. There's always the point in the story where he's like, try. He's gonna abandon his quest, but then, Four. yeah. But then he realizes that she's pregnant. And he's like, by no, I smelling have to do her this. blood. How about that? Crazy. Huh? Crazy. It reminded me of no that time. Sense. What was that movie? If with only Vin- it was that easy. What was the movie with Vin Diesel where he just looked at the woman and she became pregnant? You know what I'm talking about? We saw it in theaters. Oh, Fast and Furious. <laughs> Letty. No. <laughs> no, but uh let's keep talking about it and I'll pull it up. Okay. Um no, so so yeah, then she's pregnant and he decides, oh, I can't abandon my mission because I I assumed it was something to do with the fate of his kids. Like he had to do this. It was his fate. And for them to continue the line and to be like on that tree or whatever, he had to complete his mission, you know, and actually avenge Fjolnir. And then we get this fucking insane, like, the battle in Mustafar <laughs> between Obi-Wan and Anakin scene. Yeah. With them fighting at the gates of hell uh, with the volcano erupting. And they're just both butt-ass naked. Yes. Yeah. You gotta be. Yeah. Manly as fuck. <laughs> and the then... Most masculine, uh, toxic masculine thing ever. Like, we have to murder each other. It was. <laughs> Yeah, we have to murder each other uh-huh. naked with these big mm-hmm. swords. And we don't mean and our dicks. It, well, it could yeah. have been. It was a bit of a, a yeah, dick fest. Um, but what was interesting to me, like, and I guess th- this is where the story was going, but like Amleth was so like precise in his killing before and so overpowering against like when the odds were against him he could kill four or five people at once and well yeah you have to without uh, ever getting a you have to that's why he got stabbed by his mom that's why his brother stabbed him a bunch it's like to bring amleth down to the level where he could actively fight fjolnir and not just absolutely annihilate him you know you had to weaken him a little bit i guess you gotta weaken the guy otherwise yeah it would make no sense for us when after we've seen him just nuking people on his own one man army to then have like trouble fighting a single guy 
who's like 40 years older than him. <laughs> exactly. And it was like, I was surprised that uh, Amleth got so messed up in his fight against Fjolnir. But then he finally gets the best of Fjolnir, at, beheads Sick. him, takes his head off, and then dies on the ground. Fiend. Yeah. Awesome. I loved it. I'm here for it. It was great. And Olga just kind of like sails away with his kin, purportedly to uh, to like what go get his kingdom back, right? I think that um, was the prophecy that Bjork tells him. Also, Bjork is in this movie. <laughs> Can't believe we didn't talk about that. Fucking Bjork is in this movie. I love Bjork. They got everyone. They pulled out all the the stops. Yeah, um, all the, the movie, the Vin Diesel people, movie, they could, you know, Babylon AD. That was a that was a movie, the Vin Diesel one, where he just looks at the the woman and she becomes pregnant. What the fuck is that? Oh shit! I do know the movie you're talking about. Yeah, I the think we saw the theaters. It, yeah, it wasn't a great. I one. barely remember what that movie's about. The Northman's over. Your final yes. thoughts, like. Credits are rolling. I mean, like, you're not wrong when you texted me that Shakespeare thing. It re- It's literally a take on Hamlet. You're right. Yeah. I actually read this morning that, like, Hamlet is based on a bunch of different old tales, including a Norse one about a prince seeking revenge against an uncle that stole both his crown and his mother. But I don't know. I fucking love this movie regardless. It transported me into a new world where North- Norse gods rule and fate is entwined with free will. Brutal. Savage simple and yet like it look and it looks great yeah it's based on something old but it felt new you know it felt yeah. like something new to me um yeah you don't see this kind of stuff a lot it like yeah it was great i thought it was great definitely some over the top like machismo but it's eight it's 895 baby that's just the time period yeah. <laughs> it was a man year yeah man up. it was man people were still all thriving yeah, people were still like super geeked that this dude Jesus was around. So I mean, it's it's yeah. I it just makes love sense. like it. It takes us to a different world, and it, it shows us the brutal violence of that world, you know. And the casting is funny, but like it didn't really take me out of the movie, even though I knew all these famous faces, you know. Yeah, it just it felt it felt good to me. It was definitely fucking weird, and I love weird. Very weird. It's very weird. It, but it was, it was, it felt like a fantasy story, and I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. Yeah, I'm a sucker for you. Yeah, when when the when the credits rolled immediately, I was like, meh. Really? But then, but then I took like five minutes, and I think I was just mad because I was like, man, I just why like I was expecting like almost expecting more of an action, less of a of a Shakespearean rollout of, you know, everyone dies in the end. And yeah, yeah, it yeah. was really about the love and protection of uh, my son. Like my, my family, love. like continuing that family it line. Was, it was just like, I was just, I think, I don't know why, but I think I had expected maybe a little bit more of the, the, the magic, the Norse stuff. Like I expected yeah. more of that to take a front front seat as opposed to the the really simple storyline, which was fine. Um, but I think that they could have spiced it up. But anyway, 
like two minutes after three minutes after I was like, you know what? I, when I was watching it, I felt like I was there. I felt transported to the, the sort of the year, the time, the, the scenes were all beautifully made. Like everyone, like it felt gritty and it did a lot of movies. I think when they're of the time periods or trying to be of the time periods like this, they still, the dialogue is still 2022. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very yeah, you know they make it easy to follow and like this was not or uh, like something like, sometimes really... the uh the set pieces feel mm-hmm. fake you know like in Kingsman right. and stuff like yeah it had a weird yeah, yeah yeah it just wasn't believable and this felt like you were on the ground you were in in there and the characters were always dirty gritty you know yeah I thought it was sh- yeah overall shot very well. And it, it, it's clear that Eggers has a style, you know, and, and it's confident and it, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, it's defined. It's good. And I liked it because it felt that, you know, thinking back on it and, and watching it, if it didn't feel like he made the movie for the audience, it feels like he made it for, cause he enjoyed making yeah. it. And like, that was his artful take on a story. And I think that's different too. Like we mentioned, like those other things, when you make it for an audience, you have to do those other things. You have to make sure that the person knows what people are saying or like are not weirded out by some kind of weird Norse ritual. Yeah. Instead, this is like kind of asking you, the audience to like, come with me. Let me show you this crazy shit, you know, and not being like fancy. Exactly. It's it's, yeah. Two very different uh, directions to take yeah. a movie it's like are you doing this for people or are you doing this for the art you know like and, and then just people just got to buy in you're not going to spell everything out for them either which is what i hate about movies like uncharted last week where oh, everything is just spelled out for you the characters are expositing all the time here like they're just it's yeah. just going it, and it asks you to like it's like come along baby we're, we're, we're here yeah. for a ride and and I'm not gonna spell it out for you, but I am gonna ask you to like sit back, just let me take you. And on it a and it was a ride because looking like also when I uh, finished watching the movie, I re- I remembered thinking like nothing, not a lot happened in this movie. Yeah, but it didn't feel too slow. It felt like it was constantly building towards something, and it didn't feel that I was being dragged along. It felt like I was walking along right, right there alongside the movie as it yeah, was moving. Exactly. It moved at a, a good enough pace. So it was definitely a slow burn, though, you know. But but at least it catches you in the beginning with that cold open. Yeah. And like and and uh, and like the action sequences catch you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So then you like in that act two, you just kind of watching uh amleth figure out the new terrain you know he's like plotting and planning and so that's taking his time. that's what we think let's, but i really uh, enjoyed that part let's from the so. critics and audience reviews let's do it so we have our first one here from the director's club you ever been to the are you in the director's club unfortunately no i'm yeah. not allowed uh, i got banned uh me neither this one uh it's crazy because i like i i even put on a little hat yeah. You know, I came with my, I had my, I brought my own chair that had director on it and everything yeah, yeah. in there. And I was they like, am I too in. directory for the director's club? Uh, they didn't let me in. Damn. Sorry to hear yeah. that. You hate to see it. 
So uh, Directors Club here. Eggers takes Eggers take. Well, they clearly are Director Club, not an English Eggers club. Is, Eggers is take. Like, oh, Eggers. there's just still no apostrophe. So maybe good thing <laughs> that they're not a screenwriters club. Or anything. Sure. Eggers take a predictable revenge tale and makes it his own, especially early on. Definitely a slow. Eggers takes a predictable revenge tale. Is that what's I think it's supposed to say takes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, slow burn that builds effectively with assured, confident direction that also asks for patience. Visually, it's one of the best of the year, four to five. Yeah. You just yeah, it, it's it's asking you, come along. Come along and watch with me. Let me take you on a journey. Hey, come with I me. Agree. And, you, and you'll see. Uh, like, you'll probably see a world of, of true imagination. imagination. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, here's another one. From AARP, Movies for Grownups. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Sign me up for this. Yeah, they said Eggers' miscast, moody, turn of the 10th century action adventure seems late to the Norse feast despite or perhaps because of its over-serious intentions. <laughs> Grow up. Huh. So they didn't really like it, huh? Yeah. Do you think this movie was miscast? That's 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 a funny uh like no. this is the cult Who else would you cast as a absolute beat? Like what? Yeah. And the Rock? He's, he's from there, you know. Can you imagine he's... the Rock? <laughs> the Rock in this movie. <laughs> the Rock and Vin Diesel is Fjolnir. <laughs> yeah, the Rock be like, I will avenge you, father. I will yeah. avenge you, father. <laughs> Oh my god, The Rock would look so out of place in this movie. It'd be awesome. And uh, right. Samuel L. And, uh, Jackson. And is who the would war be Nicole Raven. Kidman's character? Would it be Michelle Rodriguez? <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, or like someone else yeah. who just like shouldn't be in the movie, just completely Chris out of Pine. Chris as, Pine as uh, as, uh, as Amleth. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, shut up. I mean, I, I guess they're Movies probably talking about Nicole Kidman, butt. right? Like. You think? Yeah. Why? I don't know. She was she's the most out of place. I feel like in the movie, even though to me it felt it was fine. Um, it was fine. Also, over serious intentions. Yeah, it's it's trying to show you. I don't know. I disagree with this guy. Yeah, she thought it was a comedy. I assume. It, I mean, I I know who wrote it, so I, I don't have to assume. But I won't say their name. But yeah, I don't yeah. know what they thought. They gave it a three out of five. Next one, <laughs> Shake Fire. The Northman goes beyond just being another story about Viking savagery and delivers a film that is steeped in lore, rituals, and prophecies. It's brutal yet beautiful with ferocious action sequences paired with stunning visuals. Four and a half out this of five. This person loved it. Yes. This guy loved this movie. But didn't give it a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he got close. He did. He Very did. close. Four and a half is as close as you can get, I feel like. you know. When I was going through the critic scores... It seemed that most of the critics, I would say, they had two opinions. Um, everyone that loved it thought it was the same thing. Just like great take on a classic story. The cinematography, like everything about it draws you in and makes you engage in the story. And then the people that didn't really like it um, were some of the critics that uh, I think just had difficulty buying into the story if it was too gory or like it or just maybe wasn't it was like for them. too simple. It's yeah, like it's a story simple. that's been told yeah. so many yeah. times. Um, I can understand the critique, but again, I think for an audience member 
to buy into this world, you can't make the story too complicated. Right. Because then you're asking a lot from them. You know, like there was a lot of lore and uh, like mythological ritualistic shit in this movie, but at least it was just asking you, you know, to like, it, it's it's more like plot devices and not um, intrinsic in the story it's telling, you know? Yeah. The um, So that was the, the critic reviews, gave it an 89%. Well, it makes um, sense. I don't even know if that made sense what I just said. It did, ish. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like the movie. It made sense. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's fine. I'm along for the ride. Whatever you said. Yeah. Eighty nine percent from the critics. Let's hear the audience. Sixty four percent. Like that's a uh, that's low for something that a lot of people really like. So let's uh, let's get this first one here from from our friend uh, Crystal. Uh, gave it two stars. The characters seemed like they had no depth and the storyline didn't feel very well thought out either. <laughs> two stars. What? So do they just feel like, wow, I got no idea where the story is going. This is really I taking guess. me for a fucking ride. <laughs> I'm lost. Why does Amleth want to kill this guy so bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did Fjolnir ever do to him? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Don't get it. I mean, the um, characters definitely didn't have a lot of depth. They, no, but they didn't need to. Like, they're in this movie, no, they yeah. weren't going for that. They weren't, like, there was no dialogue, so... Yeah, um, it's a revenge tale. It's not, like, a, a character study. This this one is similar uh, from Brian. Too much yelling. Hard to follow plot. Three stars. The so plot I had a was the easiest you. thing to follow. It was, but I had a question for you. So... Okay. It seemed like a lot of the audience reviews... Uh, made comments that it was hard to understand what they were saying or follow the plot. Um, And like, I had the benefit of watching this movie at home for the first time I ever saw it was at home with subtitles on your Mm -hmm. first time in the movie theater. Did you have any problem like figuring? Yeah. So I just, like I said, I wasn't giving it too much thought. Like, cause I knew I wasn't going to understand these rituals, et cetera, on my first watch. Um, but I've already, I've watched it two times. I've watched it twice now, you know, and the second time yeah. I watched it at home was definitely a lot more intimate. I had the subtitles on too, and I caught a lot more of the, mm-hmm. of what the rituals were for, you know, that I didn't realize the first time around either. You know, like we kind of talked about it during the podcast where that very first ritual with the father basically outlines everything that's going to happen in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the first time I watched it, I was just like, these are just, these guys are just pretending to be dogs over here. And he's just showing his kid like the ropes or whatever. Uh, but I didn't realize that it's basically, yeah, everything is outlined. Every time he meets a witch, it's telling him, it literally is telling him exactly what to go do and what's going to happen. So uh, it was a lot more simple to follow the second time around. Because I think it is easy to get lost in the mythos of it. Yeah. You know? But yeah. that's also why I think it had to have had such a simple story for you not to get entirely lost. Like super confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it essentially was. Because like even a, the accents are hard to follow. You know? They like, are. Even what they're saying is hard to follow sometimes. Yeah. Um, this last re- audience review here. 
good acting, but I definitely found myself stifling laughs at times. I'm pretty sure weren't meant to be funny. Enjoyed the play of myths and how story was at times playing in fantasy. Fun. I'll probably watch again when available <laughs> on streaming. Three and a half stars. Cool. Okay, Adrian liked it. Yeah. Yeah. He liked it. I, I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I can relate. I definitely laughed sometimes. I, yes. I was laughing, but like at the brutal shit, like the, some of the sheer brutality, I'd be like, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah, we talked about it a little. I think just sometimes when it was a little over the top, I just sort of laughed uh-huh. about it because. Same here. Come on. But that's why, again, yeah. that's why I was enjoying myself yeah, so much. Yeah. yeah. I love my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know i really enjoyed it i definitely will watch this again probably you know like i can see myself turning this on sometimes I but i don't know i really liked it and right I, now, so. I, I can't wait for my dad to see this movie i wonder oh, if he's gonna wow. like it you yeah, think what do you think i think he might be turned away by you know like all the myth- mythology all the fantasy shit but he yeah. likes that shit. He likes fa- he I don't likes know. Rings, I, I'd so. be curious to hear what he thinks about the dog scene mm-hmm. in the beginning. Dude, how great. Should we get him on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. I think so. We should have, we have to. What we should do is have him. Yeah. Uh, he Maybe should like, like call in. him. Yeah, yeah. We'll have him call in. Get a little sound bite of him or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, very <laughs> specific sound bites. Yeah. This is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go into the real rating. What did you think? What, what would you give this movie yeah. out of 100? So, critics gave it 89%, audience gave it 64 I think out of 100, uh, 100 being perfect, uh, you know, we, we rank things 0 to 100, 100 being a perfect movie, 0 being, I, I hope nothing ever gets a 0. That'd be, that would be terrible. That would probably mean I didn't finish I don't think anything can get I to would, 0, right? Like, yeah, that'd be tough. I feel like under 20. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the worst movie we've uh, debuted on the the real rating was or the real ranking was. Um, I don't know. Was it was it, was it crimes? Of, was it crimes? Moon Moonfall. I don't know. Maybe it was. It was crimes. either Mo- Moonfall or Crimes of Grindelwald. Anyway, <laughs> um, this one's nowhere near the bottom. I'm giving it a seventy-five. Oh, dude! Nice. Hell yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I think I like it more than you. Obviously, I think I like it more yeah. than you. I, I'm gonna give it an eighty-two, John. Okay. Eighty-two. Eighty-two. It's a it's a it's a a solid flick. I'll tell you what, it's a good time. Is it really good? I think it's really good. I think it's really good. I think it's fun. But you know, maybe it's not for everybody. And I'm I'm willing to acknowledge that. You know, there's people out there. It's a hard ask. Yeah. For some people. Yeah, there's some some weirdos out there that don't just like seeing blood and gore. Bit all over Sorry. the screen. I'll never understand just those people. Everywhere, every surface. They don't, for some reason, like incest <laughs> and like the killing of animals. Maybe like, I don't know. Weirdos, <laughs> get over yourself. Yeah, I don't know. 
I lo- I liked it. Give me more. Give me more of this kind of shit, please. And I wonder what's going to happen with Robert Eggers' career, you know? This is a flop, dude. It sucks, but it maybe it'll be like a cult. Maybe it'll be like a cult classic. Maybe people will love it anyways, you know? It's clear it's clearly critically acclaimed. Yeah, and do you think people that have made movies the last couple years just like who knows I'm assuming like who knows if this movie was supposed to come out earlier too. Like maybe it was supposed to have an earlier oh, true. release I don't date know. and they pushed yeah, it. I don't know like, what the COVID thing I don't know. is on this. I wonder if people are getting a little bit of a pass the last couple of years just for movies flopping because I think just the whole landscape of a movie theater is changing too. Like it's tough to grade a movie on just its theater release. But then you have a movie like Top Gun that gets released and it makes eight hundred million dollars. It's almost going to make a billion dollars in the theaters post COVID. You know, so I think it's really about people don't know what the audiences want. You know, I think it's tough, man. You even like, like they re-released Morbius. What? They clearly have Morbid no time, fucking. We didn't even clue. talk about that. Yeah, they clearly oh, have no fucking man. clue what they're doing, and it sucks too because then a movie like this comes out that's unlike MCU yeah, shit. Yeah, it's original. It's unlike the legacy sequels that we're seeing. It's original, but it it bombs. So then you get people like. Scorsese talking shit about the MCU, you know, and like how cinema is dead, etc. But like, I don't know. I everything everywhere all at once is a hit. So yeah, I really. Uh, what do you think the people want to see, John? You know, do they want to see stuff like I don't this? Know. Yeah, audiences are hard to please. That's for sure. I think. I think a lot of it too. It, it has to come with. There has to be some kind of maybe what people are going for, and maybe it's always, but. I think people also like some kind of relatability or familiarity in a story that they're seeing. Mm-hmm. So even with the everything everywhere all at once, there was a multiverse element to it. And yeah. that's kind of familiar right now. There was the familial element to it, which is f- familiar right now. Like, <laughs> um, you know, familiar, uh, familiar, familiar. Um, I, familial, familial, familiar, familia, yeah, family, yeah. It always comes back down to family. family. <laughs> um, and so I wonder when um, a movie like this comes out. Well, it's interesting too because, like, you think of Braveheart back in the day, but I wonder if a movie like this um, comes out and people are being more, maybe more thoughtful and strategic as to what movies they're going to go see in theaters yeah. because. Hey, the times we live in is tough. Things are expensive now. People want to um, see. People and, are fine seeing a movie like this at home, too. You know? Yeah. And and and, and, and what's going to make you go out to I theater? Waited, it's like Top Gun is is huge. You know, it's going to look. You're like, oh, I'm thinking about the big screen, seeing this on the big screen. And it spans a larger audience. It's like t- it's touching on people that saw something, you know, back in the '80s, and then their kids and their grandkids. So it, it, it spans a much larger audience. Where this one is, this is new, and so I think people are right now trying to stick with what feels familiar. I mean, you think about how you live your like if you were living your life still, <clears throat> you know, in in COVID, like you're only going to see people you're familiar with. You're only doing uh habits and living your life the way that you're familiar with because you're trying to stay safe and i think people have sort of kept that like what's small gonna part of take you out of your bubble basically yeah. 
I think people are still slowly uh, getting out of their bubbles and maybe this is a way that society is uh, reflecting yeah. this and media yeah, is being reflected through society. It's hard for me to society. imagine that though, because like living in the city, living in Chicago, it looks like people are eager to get out of their bubbles, eager to get back out into society. So it's like, and you know, that could be another part of I it. I think just need something they need. You know, audiences want to be assured that it's going to be worth going to the theater. And that might be another part of it, too, is people missed out on being like experiencing for a couple years and movies became less of something that was an experience because you said you can do it at home. People have like an intimate relationship with them, you know, like, oh, I want to watch a movie at home on my couch um, as opposed to what's going to drive me to go see this in theaters. You know, like yeah, Jurassic World is going to be interesting because that's been a blockbuster franchise for so long. But I, I'm willing to bet this movie's not going to make anywhere near the amount of money that they want it to. And I think people are also like, uh, you know, I can spend thirty dollars and go do something outside with my friends, or I can spend thirty dollars to go inside and watch a movie i think right now there's still like a desire to do stuff that's out outdoors maybe and more experiential than the the movie stuff but yeah i just yeah it's it's interesting what would drive people to movies and how that's changed you know like i don't think people do like uh oh uh what's what what is your first date idea oh we were going to a dinner and a movie people don't do that shit anymore right yeah no i mean i don't know that's not what I do. That's not, that's not what I do on first dates. And you're married. Can we ask Katie? Yeah. Let's bring Katie in here. Katie, what do your friends do on first dates? <laughs> Jose needs ideas. <laughs> yeah, where can I take them? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, what do you guys think of The Northman? What do you think about, you know, the, the changing landscape of, of movies and what's driving people to movies? Let us know on socials at EARC pod. Be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us at John B. Wolf and at Hoser Loser uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. Thanks to all of you that listen and reach out. My name is Jose Garcia Chow, here with John Wolf. Today we sided with the critics, but remember at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's, everyone's a, a real critic. Real critic. <laughs> nice. All right. It's Mortman time. <laughs> What a loser. Joker 2 being a musical? What a loser. <laughs>